HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to HRN On Tour at Charleston Wine and Food 2022. I'm Dylan Hoyer, and today we are broadcasting live from the heart of the Culinary Village. This episode is made possible thanks to the support of Hickory Nutgap, builders of community agriculture since 1916. We're so excited to welcome Amethyst Ganaway. For over 12 years, she's been working her way through the food and beverage industry, a chef and food writer. She focuses primarily on Southern and African-American foodways and the foodways of the African diaspora. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. So you are born and raised in, Chil- in Charleston. You about to say it right, Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about some of the foods that you grew up with here that shaped how you think about food today. I grew up eating predominantly a lot of seafood, a lot of fresh vegetables, a lot of fruit and obviously a lot of rice and a lot of grits. (laughs) Um, But, you know, for me, I guess, I think some of the things that maybe inspired me the most are those home meals that I got from my grandmother or from the women around me. Um, You know, things that are probably killed that day or the day before and we are eating them the next day. One pot dishes, okra soup, um, fried fish, of course, and, you know, shrimp and grits, of course, the most popular one. Awesome. And you're actually working on a book proposal inspired by some of the food that you ate growing up. Please tell us about that. Okay. So it is hopefully going to be a book based around uh, nose to tail eating specifically within the African diaspora in the South. I am still trying to figure out if I'm going to do it specifically with South Carolina or if this is going to be something that's a little bit more encompassing of like recipes from the deep South. So you'll see a lot of, um, again, nose to tail, rooted to the tuta, anything that can be eaten or utilized, you're going to find a way to do it. And I just really want to make sure I'm highlighting the food ways in a way, um, you know, you and I were talking earlier about chitlins, for example, right, of, of how, you know, it's a dish that so many people look down upon, even people within the diaspora. But when you put it in a different way on a fancy menu someplace else, then it's this great dish, you know, it's, it's not looked down upon. You know, if you put tripe on a menu, then people love that. If it's someplace else that's not related to black people. Um, and then, of course, specifically, you know, I wanted to, to make sure that I'm, I'm honor, honoring the men that, you know, do this, but really the women, you know, women were not only out in the fields but they know how to break down birds and and whatever else they need to and then they're also obviously the ones cooking the food 
Um, so for me, it's about really relearning a lot of the culture that I grew up with in a new way. Because um, obviously I ate a lot of that food as a kid, but I didn't prepare it necessarily. So I'm just really trying to immerse myself in that and really hopefully that comes out in the book. And how are you relearning? Like, what is your research process, your tasting process? I mean, how are you sort of going into this book? Man, um, eating at people's house. <laughs> going That's a good way to do it. Yeah, going to, you know, going to people's grandmamas. Um, I try to spend time now with, you know, out on the water as much as I can, learning how to throw cast nets, learning how to fish again, like, the right way. Um, I'm going on hunts, you know, doing hunting. So really, again, trying to really immerse myself in that. I'm hoping to get to a point, especially this year, when I can really start going out to these little one-stop light towns and, and really, like, getting really deep into it. I do a lot of research, you know, from what I can find from, like, old historical textbooks and things like that. But especially down here in the low country, we're very protective of our recipes. Um, it's really hard for, for people to come, and, and unless you kind of know how to work your way around, you know, talking to people. Um, so that's going to take me a little time before, before I can really get to where I want to be, but I'm hoping that the best way, like I know, for me to do it is hands-on, um, and also just eating as much as I can. Absolutely. And who are some of those women who inspire you personally and also professionally? Man, obviously, I always talk about my granny. Um, Let's tell us about My her. granny. Oh, Lord. <laughs> my, my granny um, is probably obviously one of the best cooks I know. I think most people would say that about their grandmamas. But really taught me how to utilize making something out of nothing. Um, but not in the sense of, I think, the way that like, our food waste have been talked about. Of, oh, these are scraps and we got to just find a way to make it taste good. Where it's like, you know, we just don't really have a lot. But we live in a place that's full of, of fresh everything. You can go outside and pick an orange off somebody's tree, you know, fresh pears, plums, all type of things. So my grandmother was really probably my, obviously my first influence. Um, Do you have any like specific memory of like being with her in the kitchen or anything like that? I, I am, I have always been the grandchild that my grandma, so either if my grandma's making like a, a mayonnaise based salad, like a potato salad or something like that, she always boils me a couple extra eggs. So I'm like stealing eggs out. Or if she's making like a pot of greens, she knows that I'm the kid coming in and like she'll catch me in the pot, you know, and I'm getting popped on the hand for stealing the meat and the greens out the pot before it's ready. Um, so like little stuff like that. And I find myself now, I don't have children, but like with my younger family members and things like that, I see myself really carrying on some of those same things. Um, I'm the, the eldest grandchild by like 10, 11 years. So I really got to be immersive with my grandmother, I think a lot more than my younger cousins did and my siblings. Um, so, but that's that's probably probably the biggest ones, and it's always like learning how to properly eat fish and how to properly eat crab. Because if you don't eat it right, the older people will come back to you and pick over you, you know. And then you get you getting clowned. That's basically getting laughed at the entire time because you don't know how to eat the food the right way. And I find myself now doing that with my friends who like come to Charleston and they want to eat oysters or crabs or something. And I'm like, man, you left all that food on there. You left all that meat on the bone. Um, so things like that, little little mannerisms. Professionally, Mashama Bailey, um, number one, Nina Compton, Don Burrell, Ashley Shante, who I got to meet, uh, Chef Binta. Uh, there's so many. There's yeah. so many women that I look up to. How do you find community in this industry? Honestly, mostly through social media at this point. You know, since especially since coming out of the pandemic. Um, this is really my first time actually meeting 
all of these people, I, you know, most of these people I just spoke about. Um, so this past couple of years, finding community has been online. But otherwise, you know, I try to, I try to pull in people where I can, you know, and I try to make myself available to other people as well. And like, I don't know, man. You know, if if I see somebody who, I don't know, I'm you know, I'm from Charleston, so we talk to anybody pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, yeah, I try to make myself available and teach where I can and learn where I can, you know, and just let people know that I admire them and, and or whatever the case may be and just try to work alongside them. Speaking of social media, you do the social media and also recipe development for Yolele Foods. Yes. Tell our listeners who don't know, what is Yolele all about? Yeah, so Yolele is a an African food brand company that was started by uh, Chef Pierre Chim, who is the... African ambassador basically to the world for food. Um, so we focus primarily on African ingredients and really making them accessible to the average person and making people understand that like these foods are delicious and it's something that you can just as easily make at home every day. But even more with that is we're you know super sustainable. We make sure that the farmers who are harvesting and growing the crops that we use or the ingredients that we use are being treated fairly, paid fairly, you know, whatever we can do on, on from the entire process from start to finish um, to not only have a sustainable company, but obviously a company with good products. Um, and I do the social media and I do all of the recipes or most of the recipes and a lot of TikTok videos. So let's talk about some of the specific ingredients you guys have and maybe yes. you can even give us a little recipe inspiration oh, for how man. to use that. Okay, so... Our main one right now is Fonio, which is a tiny, tiny West African grain. It's the oldest cultivated grain actually from Africa. And it's really similar to couscous, millet. Um, it has a very light, fluffy texture. It's easy to cook. Ours takes five minutes literally to make. Um, and it's been an adjustment for me because I eat a lot of rice. You know, I'm from Charleston again, so we eat a lot of rice. But what I've been finding is easiest for me to do is those meals I'm making that I usually have a side of rice with, literally I can substitute it with Fonio. Um, and it's, you know, great for people, for families, working people, whatever, because it takes five minutes to cook. We have pilafs, different flavors. We are launching some very cool things soon. I'm not going to speak about that yet, but All make right. sure y'all check out the page <laughs> and it'll be on there. We'll be waiting anxiously. Yes. yes. Um, so... What are you looking forward to at the festival? This is your first year, right? My first year. Um, I done ate myself stupid, probably, the past past few days. I've been eating since Wednesday, and I, I really didn't know what day it was yesterday, to be honest. Um, Give us some highlights. Highlights were, um, what was it called? It was I was at Bowens Island on Thursday. Uh, I mean, just amazing food. I, Chef Jeremiah Bacon was there, so I was really excited to try some of his food. Um, so that was great. Obviously, anything else on the water, I'm happy about. And then yesterday, I did um, fire and fire smoke and soul. I might be saying that wrong. With Chef BJ Dennis, Serene, um, Chef Pinta, Chef Bintu. And so what you many, eat? Um, it, it, honestly, us, give us make us a little bit hungry. Right man, now. okay. So <laughs> for me, it was a beautiful thing because it was all these different cultures from the African diaspora coming together and and. It was actually the only event I've been to where you didn't get small bites. They literally gave us a plate, like a regular plate, you know. And I'm like, oh, we about to eat, you know, real food. And it was, it for me, it was so beautiful because it literally looked like a plate of Sunday dinner, right? So you had jollof, 
which is the mother of red rice that we're used to here in the low country. So I got me two scoops of that. Got me some nice stewed down greens. Um, there was griot, there was pickles, there was jerk chicken, there was goat pepper soup. There, was, I mean, I like I said, I have a literally a giant takeout, big big feet. Like, oh my god, and I have a giant takeout box of food that I took home. That's I'm probably gonna eat again today for my dinner. Um, suya, all kind of things. Yeah, I mean, my plate was. And this is the thing, people was looking at me because I'm about 5'2 and 100 pounds. And my plate about the size of my head, you know. And they're like, you're not going to eat all that. I'm like, I'm definitely, but I don't eat right now. I'm taking home to eat, so. No wasting. No, absolutely no. Not. But was, that's probably been so far, those two events have definitely, I think it was Surf and Surf that I was at Bowens have been my, my favorites for sure. Tell us about that too. Surf and Surf, like I said, was out on Bowens. I spent a lot of times out on, on, on Bowens Island with my people. Um, and it was a lot of nice fresh local fish um which i'm always happy about i my my highlight probably was a, it was like a piece of wagyu with some trout roe low crostini or something underneath and it's like i ate that i ate it like five times like i know they i know he was looking at and i went back and i kept going back and i gave like i was giving plates though to like other event workers too and i was like i promise y'all i'm not just trying to eat all y'all food like i'm trying to feed the people that's out here that don't get a chance to eat you know but i was like i did take like three years for myself is has travel been a part of your career or have you been really primarily rooted here honestly it has not been i mean to an extent yes but to an extent no so i moved around a lot after college i went to the university of south carolina go gamecocks um I moved around the country a bit then. I, guess I actually just moved back home last year. So probably the past year and a half, really since quote unquote pandemic has loosened up has been my, really my first time traveling, traveling. Um, so I'm hoping again that that's something as the world seems to try to get a little back to normal that I get to really explore. And ultimately like, what do you think led you into food, into the food industry? What got me why is this your yeah why is this like your grounding point for all the work that you do well, it's home you know it's, it's home but then here specifically is the root of so much of what american food is what southern food is and you know when we talk about farm to table and things like that it's like i mean i i live in a place like i said that's full of abundance you know we've got water everywhere so we got seafood everywhere we have fresh vegetables fresh fruit um so like i I don't see a better place to be at if you want to exactly to be a to be a to be a chef to be in the food industry. This is the place to be, um, and I'm excited to kind of kind of see. There's been a lot of changes happening even like since I left and came back. That's with our food scene here, our culinary scene here. What I would, have you been seeing? What kind of changes? I mean, it's honestly kind of what it's always been. It's it's still very white male dominated. Um, but I do love seeing that there's other people of color finally getting some recognition and being able to have places here in Charleston, finally getting diverse, you know, in our food scene. But I do want to see more Black-owned restaurants, more Black-owned businesses here in Charleston that really like, you know, Chef Kevin and, and Chef uh, Matthew were talking about, of like, that really highlight our foodways from us specifically. Because if I go to somebody else's restaurant and I see Hoppin' John in a menu that's not Hoppin' John, it's like some super fancy rice and pea dish. I'm going to be bad, <laughs> you know. But there's, there, it's definitely a change from like the past 15, 20 years. Um, so I'm excited to see where this kind of new age southern food especially kind of takes off in Charleston. And 
Any final shout outs you want to make before we wrap up? Shout out to me. Y'all can follow me on Instagram, ThizG. Don't follow me on Twitter, though. If you can't find me on there, just act like you didn't see me. Um, Yo Lele, of course. Please go follow us at Yo Lele Foods. I'm trying to get us to 12,500 followers, so let's make that happen. Otherwise, if y'all live in Charleston, come see me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone for listening to HRN's live coverage of the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. I'm Dylan Hoyer. Special thanks to Hickory Nutka for making our coverage possible. We are grateful for the festival to having H- for having HRN back in the Culinary Village for the sixth year running. You can listen to all of our coverage on our podcast, Heritage Radio Network on tour. Find it at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.